Father our God, we thank you that you are the mighty Lord of all. You are Lord of us, you're Lord of everything. It's so good to know that the Lord of everything loves us and has made a way for us to live with him, with you, forever. And that you've given us your word, that you can speak through your word to us to teach us more about yourself and how to live for you, how to live to glorify your holy name. Thank you that we can be here to worship you together, despite restrictions. Lord, you know our hearts. Search our hearts, see in our hearts, and encourage us to keep glorifying you. Lord, we thank you that you do look at the heart intention, and our heart intention is to worship you. Lord, we love you and want to hear from you now. Amen. Please be seated. Our reading today is from the Gospel of John, chapter 21, verses 1 to 25. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathanael from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out, got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it's the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he'd taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they'd finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? 
Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who's going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Because of this, the rumor spread among the believers that this disciple would not die. But Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? This is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. Amen. Well, good morning, friends. <clears throat> in today's reading from John, there are three things in particular that I'd like to draw our attention to, and we could call them fish, feed and follow, and we'll consider each of these in turn. Well, Peter said to some of his fellow disciples, I'm going fishing, and they joined him and fished all night. The Sea of Tiberias, also known as Lake Galilee, was well known for its abundant supplies of fish. It was a good place to catch fish and night time was a good time to go fishing there. Strangely, however, although these disciples of Jesus had fished all night, they, they didn't catch a single fish. I can relate to that. <laughs> in some of my attempts at fishing. And we read, Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the beach, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Lads, have you any fish? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in for the quantity of fish. When after a whole night's fishing, they'd caught nothing, but when the man on the shore told them to cast the net on the right side of the boat and they caught a huge catch of fish, then John put two and two together and he exclaimed, It is the Lord! This huge catch of fish 
may well have reminded Peter and the others of how Jesus had called them to be fishers of men. When he first called them, Simon and a few others, by this very Sea of Galilee a few years earlier, he had said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And perhaps it reminded them of how some years earlier they'd fished all night but caught nothing and Jesus had told them to cast out into the deep and they would catch some and they caught such a huge catch then that the nets began to break. Was the risen Lord reminding Peter and the other disciples of their calling to fish for people? But why fish for people? Earlier in his gospel, John has written this. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Well, as we know, at present, people are being encouraged to get the jab to prevent them getting seriously ill or even dying from COVID-19 virus. The Bible tells us that everyone has been infected with another virus, so to speak, and it's deadly. It is called sin. Is there a cure? Yes, Jesus. That's why God gave his only begotten son to die on that cross for our sins. And so Peter could later write, by his wounds you have been healed. To fish for people is to encourage them to come to Jesus and trust in the Son of God and his death for our sins. And coming back to the reading, is there an encouragement to have another go? They'd fished all night but caught nothing, but when Jesus directed them, directed them and they do what he says, they catch fish. And we can pray, Lord, direct us too in our fishing, our fishing for people. Show us where we can let down the gospel net. Guide us to whom we can encourage to come to Jesus. And it's interesting that John records that although the catch was large, the nets didn't break. That might be significant for when they'd caught a similar catch a few years earlier, on that occasion the nets began to break. Is that suggesting that although back then they weren't ready, fully equipped to pull in the catch, now they were. They were now on the other side of Jesus' saving death and resurrection and they had this good news to share with the help of the Holy Spirit and so do we. What Paul wrote to the church in Rome long ago 
still holds true. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. When we personally experience the grace of God to us in Jesus, we are able to share it. As Paul says in one of his letters, for the love of Christ constrains us because we are convinced that one has died for all, therefore all have died. By the love of Christ, he means the love of Christ to us. A dear elderly, godly man that I met in the Victor Harbour Church of Christ told me that when he was a young man, someone showed him a model of a church building. And on one wall were the words of Jesus. Come unto me and I will give you rest. And on the other wall of Jesus, uh, other wall were the words of Jesus. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. I once read a statement that went... For 400 years, the Christian church had no great preacher by rhetorical standards. The first great preacher was Chrysostom. Yet, during those centuries, Christianity conquered the Mediterranean world by the faithful witness of the common believer. Friends, God can work through us too. Don't underestimate what the Lord could do through you as you depend on him. His spirit, the Holy Spirit, will help us. There's a story of an old man walking down the beach at dawn who noticed a young man ahead of him picking up starfish and flinging them into the sea. Catching up with the young man, he asked uh, what he was doing. And the answer was that the stranded starfish would die if left until the morning sun. But the beach goes on for miles and there are millions of them, he counted. How can your effort make a difference? The young man looked at the starfish in his hand and then threw it to safety in the waves. It makes a difference to this one, he said. And it makes a difference to the ones you and I, by God's grace, are able to bring to Jesus or play some part in their coming to Jesus. Before we go on to the second word, feed, uh, let me share a little story with a bit of humour. There was a barber who was a new Christian, and he was eager to share his faith, his experience with Jesus. As he met his first customer the next day, he was sharpening his straight razor on the leather strap. His initial approach to his customer was, are you ready to die? One can imagine what went through that customer's mind as he viewed the finely honed razor. As the cliche goes, if we don't use tact, we may lose contact. 
The second thing brought to us in the reading I've called feed. We read, when they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish lying on it and bread. The charcoal fire is mentioned only twice. Here in John 21 and back in John 18, when Peter stood around a charcoal fire, warming himself in the courtyard of the high priest, where Peter three times said, I do not know the man. Perhaps Peter was reminded of his denial when he stood around this charcoal fire on the beach, warming himself after having come ashore through the water from the boat. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. And John tells us this was the third time Jesus had revealed himself to the disciples after his resurrection. This is not an hallucination. This is real. You weren't hallucinating when you last had a barbecue with a friend, were you? And they even knew how many fish they'd caught, 153 large ones. If I ever caught a good number of fish, I'd sure count them. And I haven't yet heard of ghosts that can start a barbecue and cook breakfast. Not only did Jesus uh, reveal himself to the disciples, but he refreshed them. He knew they'd be tired and hungry. Come and have breakfast. How typical of Jesus to be so thoughtful. Before he was crucified, he had supper with them. Now, after his resurrection, he has breakfast with them. And you know, one day in the future, we who trust in him will enjoy a marriage supper with him. Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. That is Jesus. After breakfast, Jesus has a conversation with Peter. Let's listen in. We don't hear Jesus saying to Peter, Peter, you denied me three times. True, Peter had. But Jesus asks Peter a question three times followed by telling Peter to do something that in effect puts three acts of trust in Peter. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? These, that is, the other disciples. Now, before Jesus had been crucified, Peter had said to Jesus, even if all these other disciples desert you, I won't. But he had. Peter said to Jesus, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. A second time, Jesus said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Take care of my sheep. Jesus said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? 
Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Peter the fisherman is now Peter the shepherd. He is commissioned to feed, to care for, to pastor Christ's flock. And Jesus can still restore people from their past failures to become useful in serving him. Jesus addressed Peter as Simon, son of John. That's his old name before Jesus called him Peter, rock. Simon means something that bends easily like a reed and yet it is Simon who is entrusted with shepherding Jesus' flock. We are weak in and of ourselves, but in Christ we are strong. Paul said that the Lord Jesus told him, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And so Paul responded, I will all the more gladly boast of my weaknesses that the power of Christ may rest upon me. When I'm weak, then I am strong. And again, in writing to the church in Philippi, Paul said of himself, In any and all circumstances, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and want, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Perhaps there were other questions Jesus could have asked Peter, but he asks this one. And John, in his first letter, many years later could write, we love because he first loved us. And that love of God and his son is seen in the cross. And Paul came to experience this love and he could write, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And John later in the Revelation, wrote, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Peter knew this love, as you and I do. And he replied to Jesus' question, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said unto him, feed my sheep. Integral to Peter's caring for Jesus' sheep will be Peter's love for Jesus. And our love for Jesus will express itself too in our care of the brothers and sisters Jesus gives us. We can encourage one another and feed one another in the truth of the gospel. 
The third thing in today's reading that I want to draw attention to could be summarised in the word follow. Follow me. Keep on following me. And Jesus said that two times here to Peter. And Jesus spoke to Peter about his future. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you girded yourself and walked where you would, but when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish to go. This he said to show by what death he was to glorify God. And after this he said to him, follow me. Peter's future would involve a cross. We understand he was crucified in the 60s of the first century when Nero was the Roman emperor. And so following Jesus for Peter would involve suffering and hardship as well as the joy and the wonder of a personal relationship with the risen Lord. Peter's future was known by the risen Jesus, the Son of God who had loved Peter and died on that cross for Peter. And Paul writes, I am persuaded that neither death nor things to come shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And brothers and sisters, the Lord knows our future too. And he will be our shepherd for all of our days. Jesus said to Peter, follow me. As believers, we're not taking up a philosophy, but we are following a person, and that person is the Son of God who loved us and died for our sins and is alive forevermore. What better person could there be for us to follow? And the person who has risen from death and therefore is more powerful than death is surely the one to follow in life. And in following the Lord, you and I have the continual help of the indwelling Holy Spirit. And reading on in this 21st chapter of John, we see how Peter asked Jesus, what would happen to this other disciple, John? Jesus replied, If it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? Follow me. In effect, Jesus is saying, Peter, it's really my business. You concentrate on following me and leave John with me. I, I could even keep John alive until I came back to earth if I wanted to. Was that a hint that John would live a longer life? We understand that John did live to be the last of the first-hand witnesses to Jesus on earth. He had a lot of time to reflect. And later in his life, he wrote this gospel. What a privilege for us to have this gospel with its deep insights. And John gives us understanding into the person of Jesus, that he is the man who was God. Both 
fully divine and fully human. John begins his gospel by calling the Son of God the Word. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And at the end of his gospel, John records Thomas, one of the 12 disciples of Jesus, exclaiming to the risen Jesus, my Lord and my God. John wrote this gospel at a time when some were getting wrong ideas about Jesus. Some said that he was only a human being and some said he was only a divine being. But this aged apostle John wrote down the truth for us. Jesus is fully divine and fully human. Brothers and sisters, Jesus told Peter to concentrate on following him and to leave Jesus' plan for John in Jesus' hands. And that's best for ourselves as well. To concentrate on following Jesus as he leads us, looking to him for his plan for ourselves and letting him fulfil his will in us and so to glorify God. Fish. We too can be involved in fishing for people. Feed. We too can encourage others in the truth of the gospel and care for them and follow. We too are called to follow and to keep trusting in Jesus, the good shepherd. Let's pray. Our Father, thank you for giving your son to die and rise for us so that Believing in him, we should not perish but have eternal life. Help us to share this good news with others. Our Father, thank you that the Lord Jesus wants his sheep to be fed and cared for. Guide and help us for the part we can have in this. Our Father, thank you that we too have heard the call of Jesus, follow me. Help each one of us to keep trusting and following our Lord, no matter what stage of the journey we are at. We ask these things in the name of Jesus, your Son. Amen. We'll now come into a time of prayer. Thanks, Jess. Please pray with me this morning. Father God, we come before you this morning as your people, grateful for the privilege we have to worship you together as a body. We know what it's like to not be able to meet together and we praise you for every opportunity we have to continue to trust in your faithfulness and goodness, 
even when we're facing constant changes. This morning, even though we can't sing together, we lift our hearts' voices to you to be a sweet offering before your throne in heaven. We are humble and repentant, knowing we fall short of your holiness in every way, yet blown away by the fact that we can approach your throne by the blood of Jesus as holy and blameless in your sight. May the wonder of your grace to us never cease to amaze us. As we dwell on that, we pray that we would overflow with that wonder and love into the community around us, that we would share your goodness and grace to all that we come in contact with. Give us courage, we ask, to be bold and not hide from the questions or from the prompting of your spirit. This week, we ask for your hand on our CMS missionaries, the Roe and Davis families. We ask that you would bless them and their ministries, keep them safe from sickness and harm, and that their every need would be provided for, so that they can continue in their vital work of teaching others around them about you. As I think about what it means to be a part of your church, the body of believers, and when I think about how it stretches across the world, through every race and nation, transcending culture and language, I ask that you would help us be equally humbled and cherished, to realise how small we are as individuals and keep us from pride in our individual accomplishments and roles, but also to be amazed that of all the people out there in the world, you chose each of us. As we consider our broader body of Christ this morning, we say a special thanks for our sister Trinity churches at Hove, Golden Grove and Unley and ask for a special blessing on their work. Thank you, Father, that you hear our prayers and that you know our hearts and that you love us. In the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Would you all join with me this morning in speaking the Lord's Prayer together? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. <clears throat> 